Welcome to Phoenix Rising. I am your host, Kaylee Montoya Houston. I am a certified personal trainer and online nutrition coach. I will be joined by my co-host, Julie Montoya Houston. This show will cover all aspects of fitness, including nutrition, exercise, and mindset to help you reach your goals at any stage of your journey. We will bring you science-based information to help you take charge of your fitness goals and give you the power to rise like a phoenix. Welcome back to episode 58 of Phoenix Rising. You know how every time I say I'm going to stop giving the episode numbers? Yeah, (laughs) that's what I was thinking. And yet here we are with episode 58. All right. So today we're going to talk about, well, Kaylee's going to talk about, I'm just going to chime in randomly because (laughs) I'm just like the right-hand man, the peanut gallery, if you will. Anyway, Coach Kaylee and I are going to discuss today how to know if you have a slow metabolism. So there are a few ways that you can kind of tell if you have a slow metabolism. Um, Not all of them are going to be tried and true, but if you have a good number of these, maybe a good idea to, of course, always check with your doctor, do some lab work, eliminate any other possibilities that could be going on. Um, But if there's really nothing serious going on, then chances are you got a slow metabolism. Yeah, I think we really wanted to discuss this today. Uh, just for the simple fact, if you follow us on social media, if you've been a follower of this podcast, you've probably heard us quite often talk about um, slow metabolisms, fast metabolisms, maybe you have an adaptive metabolism. So we kind of just say it in all sorts of ways. But basically, if you hear us say it, an adaptive metabolism, we're, we're just referring to a slower metabolism or um, you may notice when another way, I guess, to say this, if this is confusing to you, is just a simple fact that maybe your body doesn't burn calories as fast as someone else with maybe a higher uh, more metabolism. So it, it makes it easier for you to store body fat than maybe another person with a faster metabolism. Right. And I think we talk about metabolism a lot because metabolism tends to be a huge scapegoat for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. They give up before they even get started because they just say, well, I just I just have a slow metabolism. I can't lose weight because I have a slow metabolism. On one hand, that may be true, but if you do have a slow metabolism, it doesn't mean that your fight to lose weight is hopeless. Right. There are things you can do to increase your metabolism. Of course, you may have to do some things it may be a process to increase that metabolism before you dive into a weight loss phase. But that's why if you work with us, we always take you through what we call a prime primer phase. Yes. And the point of that is, is to make sure that your metabolism is burning bright. But um, don't let this become a scapegoat for you. If you have a slow metabolism, you're not your weight loss journey is not hopeless. Right. And don't let it be a scapegoat. Like Take control of your own journey. Yes, exactly. So we're not only going to go over today some of these signs that may be very classic telltale signs of you having a slow metabolism, but always at the end, we're going to give you some actionable steps that you can take to help get your metabolism in in a more roaring, healthy place. Roar, just like Katy Perry. (laughs) Okay, so let's just go in for uh, first for a few of these signs and jump in whenever you need. If you want to go into more detail about something that I'm talking about. Roger, Roger. Okay. So um, a a good sign here that you have slow metabolism is maybe you notice that you have cold hands or feet often. I mean, even if the temperature is like 80 degrees, you notice your fingers and toes feel cold. Um, 
having imbalanced energy levels and fatigue throughout the day. So maybe you notice your energy wanes or as you're going throughout the day. Did Is there anything here that you think specific times throughout the day that you yes. want to talk about? Yes. So specifically what you should definitely watch out for. However, the one thing I want you to really pay attention to is you're really looking for if you have that afternoon crash. Hmm. Now, here's the thing, though, is before you jump and start having a panic attack, like some people do about how they may have a slow metabolism, which might... She's not talking about herself or anything. No. <laughs> um, which there's no reason to panic anyway, because it, it's not like it's not like a life sentence if you have a, a slow metabolism. Um, but the first thing you need to do is if you start to notice that you are having those mid-afternoon or late-afternoon crashes, whichever it happens for you, you need to check a couple things first. You need to rule out caffeine. Are you drinking a lot of caffeine in the first half of the day, and then maybe that's why you're crashing? Um, are you drinking enough water? Because sometimes when you start to feel tired mid-afternoon, it can be that you haven't had enough water. Um, did you have a lot of a lot of super high carbs, like a super high carby lunch. And I'm not talking like, I'm talking, did you have like an ice cream cone and a soda? Right. Like All simple. carbs. We're not talking about like a balanced meal with carbs included. Well, and I'm specifically talking about like the simple carbs, right. like the sugars and the stuff, the, the more processed, unhealthy carbs. Yeah. Because usually if you're going to have Nobody, most, most people don't sit down at lunch and say, okay, I'm going to have this one plain baked potato and that is all I'm going to have. Those kind of carbs <laughs> usually aren't going to provide a crash no. for you. But usually if you're going to have some sort of a healthy carb option, like a fruit or a veggie, you're going to pair it with something yeah. usually. Um, and fruit usually doesn't provide crashes either. So, um, you definitely need to, before you take this one factor of, oh, I do have crashes in the afternoon, always take these other things into account. Make sure you're looking at the whole picture. Are you drinking enough water? Did you overload on caffeine? Did you have a super high carb lunch or have you been snacking on candy all day and then you're crashing? Did you get enough sleep last night? Look at all of these things first before you jump to the right. metabolism. And, and the things that we're talking about today, these are something that you deal with on a very consistent basis. So it's not just like one or two days out of the week, you have this afternoon crash or your hands and feet are cold. This is something that these signs that you battle with almost on the daily. Right. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is having a weak or poor digestion. So meaning that you have very few bowel movements, like maybe every other day, every three days. Um, you suffer with bloating, a lot of bloating, whether you, you've eaten food or not, um, and battle with constipation. So those are good signs that your metabolism is not processing this food very well and it's getting bound up where it shouldn't be. Right. And here we are again. We do need to, if we start having these issues, we need to start parsing out some other alternatives. Mm -hmm. How's our diet? Are we getting good food quality? Are we watching our timing? Are we eating two hours before bed? Yep. Are we eating slowly and really chewing our food? Um, these kind of things can really mess up your digestion too. So of course, you know, I'm, I'm over here playing devil's advocate because I don't want people to hear this and go, oh my God, I have a slow metabolism. <laughs> you may have a slow metabolism and that's fine, but don't jump to that conclusion because there may be other things you need to clean up before you are getting an, an accurate picture of your metabolism. Right. You may need to clean up your digestion, kind of like your energy levels. Maybe you need to clean up your sleep. Yeah. So these are all things you need to look at as well. Are you getting enough fiber? Are you drinking enough water? 
all of these things are very important to look at because when you're looking at things like this, a lot of these symptoms can also be signs of other things. As with most issues in the human body, just with gut things, gut things can be other things and other things can be gut things. You know, they're very vague and nondescript. So always make sure that if you notice that you have quite a bit of these things, do simple tests to make sure that you can't eliminate them by fixing other more simple habits. Yeah, no, 100% I agree. Um, the next few I feel like um, I see a lot uh, in our coaching and I, I talk to a lot of women who struggle with these two things that we're getting ready to talk about. And one is just, you find it really hard to maintain your current weight. So some of the conversations I have with ladies, they're like, Oh, I can just look at a donut and gain 10 pounds and how they can compare it to maybe some of their other friends where they just eat anything and everything and they just stay the same. And that, that is, and can be the difference between a fast and a slow metabolism. But Again, you're just getting a small glimpse of the picture because maybe that person, every other meal is really on point, very healthy, very dialed in, and you're just seeing this one-off meal. Lesson, um, the lesson in that is, is, yeah, you may be able to look at a donut and gain weight and your friend can't, but it doesn't matter because you shouldn't be comparing yourself. Yes, so there's no, another that's lesson such a good as point. Well. Yeah, very good point. Um, and the very last one that uh, I like to say for the end is you you have no appetite when you wake up in the morning. And I can't believe how often I hear this. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know what that's like because I'm one of those people I wake up and I want food. I'm like, I am ready <laughs> to eat uh, when I wake up. And sometimes like I am starving by the time we finish our workout because a lot of times we'll work out before we eat anything. And um but so many people I hear like, oh, yeah, I just wait till 10, 11, 12, just because they've gotten so used to not eating in the morning and they don't get those signals to, of hunger to actually fuel their body. They're kind of running off probably cortisol and so many other stress hormones first thing in the morning instead of actually fueling their bodies. And that sign of hunger in the morning is a very good sign that your metabolism is in a good, healthy place. Yeah, I mean, if you were checking all the boxes and following every all the advice that Kaylee and I give, then you should be not laying down two hours after, like before, two hours before you eat. So you should be eating, the last thing you should eat, you shouldn't be hitting the bed until two hours after that. Right. Because that prompts good digestion. Once you lay down, your body can't let you rest because it's trying to digest and it can't digest well because you're laying down. So you just get yourself kind of in, <coughs> excuse me, and a negative feedback loop with that. But if you are laying down two hours after you eat and you're getting the solid amount of quality sleep that Kaylee and I are talking about, seven to nine hours, and then you're getting up, if you're not hungry by the time, because you're looking at it, if you get seven to nine hours of sleep and you ate two hours before you laid down, you will have not eaten anything for what? Between nine and 11 hours. Yeah. Your body should be hungry. Yeah. It should be. And... If you're not, then there's an issue. Mm -hmm. But the issue could simply be meal timing. Your body yeah. adapts. If you eat three meals a day and you eat around the same time of day every day, then even if you had a huge breakfast at the normal time that you usually eat, by the time your normal lunchtime rolls around, even if you shouldn't be hungry because you had enough food, your body's probably going to say, hey, I want to eat. Yeah, it, you're training your body to send those signals at the, those specific times. So once you have these times locked in, it can 
be an adjustment for your body. Yeah. And you may have to taper up and titrate into it. You may have to eat something small, like hard boil an egg the night before, and you may have to just eat a hard boiled egg for breakfast. But after a few days of eating a hard boiled egg for breakfast, then eventually you'll start getting that signal acquired to where you start to want something for breakfast. And if that doesn't work, maybe you're eating way too much food at dinner. Yeah. And maybe it's lingering over. Maybe you need to break up your food a little more evenly throughout the day to where you have a smaller meal at dinner time. That way, when you wake up in the morning, you're more hungry and that will help you acquire that signal. Yeah, no, that's a good idea. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening. And if you're enjoying the show, please do me a huge favor and take a screenshot of this episode and share it to your story on IG or Facebook and tag me on IG at Kaylee Montoya Fitness or on Facebook at Kaylee Montoya Houston so I can reach out and thank you personally. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to rate and review us on wherever you get your podcast from. This greatly helps the show grow so we can help more people reach their own health and fitness goals. Now, now that we scared you, <laughs> and you probably all are, are imagining that you have a super slow metabolism, uh, we're going to talk about ways you can improve this and basically reignite this metabolism. Um, the very first way, I mean, that we talk to everybody is most people tend to live in that diet headspace where they're always restricting calories or in some sort of diet or not. So if you're, if you are listening to this podcast right now and you have spent the last year or more, more so in a diet than anything else, more than likely your metabolism has slowed down. That's just, that's what it's supposed to do. It, it adapts to the amount of calories you're putting in. It adapts to your movement, adapts to so many other things. I mean, it's meant to keep us alive. It's a, it's a very good thing that it does this, but most of us don't want an adaptive metabolism. We want to enjoy good food and, and, and time with family and friends that are usually evolved around food. And by increasing your calorie intake, you're going to in turn increase your metabolism speed by just adding more food, especially if you focus on adding food with protein. Most of us are under eating protein. Um, There's a very um, lower likelihood that you're going to put on body fat if you increase your calories by protein. There are so many studies out there proving this, that you can overeat calories if they come from protein by like significant amounts and not put on any body fat whatsoever. Do you want to kind of touch briefly on why that is? Go for it. So protein out of the three macronutrients has a higher thermic effect of food. And I know that sounds really scientific, but it's really easy if you, if you really think about it and stay with me, I'll kind of break it down for you. So thermic effect of food is exactly what it sounds like. So the more protein you eat, the more your body, sorry, the more calories your body burns trying to utilize that protein. So it takes more, your body burns more calories trying to digest and utilize protein than it does any other macronutrient. So if you eat more protein, this is kind of the, why protein's the gold standard for us, because if you eat more protein, first of all, it's very satiating. So if you get a good amount of protein, about one gram per pound of body weight, give or take, some people a little less is better, some people a little more is better. If you're getting adequate protein, chances are you're not going to overeat as much because it's very satiating, it's very filling. So this helps fill you up. 
And then it also helps you build muscle. And then the more muscle you put on your body, the more calories you burn at rest, just naturally, because there's more muscle on your body. Just having more muscle on your frame makes you burn more calories at rest. Right. It, it requires more calories to sustain muscle mass than it does body fat. Correct. And then you pair that with the last part where it just, your body burns more calories just trying to process the protein, you know, digest it, utilize it, break it down to where it's, it's a usable element for your body. You pair those three things together and it's very, very difficult to actually put on body fat with protein because the process of the whole, you know, the whole breakdown of it and then the benefits that it offers your body also burn more calories. It's... It's, it's a win-win. Right. I don't know how, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> we can't talk about this uh, enough. And if you pair this increase in calories and protein with resistance training, then that is going to help you ignite your metabolism even more because that is just going to in turn help you put more muscle mass on your body. So if you are the type that focuses a lot on burning calories by doing um, any form of cardio, like and, and that can be anything, running, biking, rowing, HIIT-style classes, group classes, jazzercise, you name it. If your form of a workout is cardio-based and you're doing this for the simple fact of you're trying to burn calories, you need to stop. If you if your goal if you are having struggle losing weight if you feel like you can barely eat anything without putting on weight then you have to cut back on cardio and really focus on resistance training like we call this training for a reason you're not doing it for a workout you're actually going in and training and practicing these tough moves to build strength on your body yeah we talk about this all the time and I think a lot of people get this misconception that we are staunchly against cardio. And that's not true. If used correctly, cardio is good for you. Cardio is exactly, if you use it for what it actually is, which is cardiovascular training, you're training your heart. You're putting an intentional stress on your heart to make it stronger. Therefore, trying to prevent cardiovascular disease, those kind of things. If you're actually doing cardio for that purpose, it is absolutely fantastic. You should be doing that. It is good for your health. But if you're the whole point in you doing cardio is strictly so that you can burn more calories, that's not what you want to do. That almost puts it in like the fad diet category. Like you are actually going to have, there's more cons associated with that methodology of trying to lose fat than there are pros. Right. Our body adapts just like it, it adapts to a slower metabolism. Your body's going to adapt to cardio and it adapts to cardio very quickly. Uh, I mean, I know we've mentioned this before, but say you go and run a mile every day uh, for two weeks in a row. Maybe first, and I'm just going to use arbitrary numbers here, but maybe you were burning, burning um, 500 calories during that run, which is an, an extreme amount. You, I promise you, you're not burning that much running a mile. But let's just say you are. By the time you get to that 15th day, you are no longer burning 500 calories. You are probably burning closer to 200 calories. Like our bodies adapt because they want to be efficient in the exercises that we're choosing to do. And it wants to burn less and less calories because it wants to keep you alive. That That's the goal, the whole goal of our body. It wants to keep us alive and thriving. Yeah. And I, w I also kind of want to throw in, if you're the kind of person who's like, oh, I, I use cardio as a tool, but only every now and then I use it on Friday when I want to go out with the girls. 
So here's what I'm going to say to you. If you are the kind of person who says, I'm going to need to do 30 minutes on the treadmill or 45 minutes on the stair climber because I know I'm going to go out tonight and have a bottle of wine with your friends, you need to get off of the cardio machine and you probably need to do some introspective, reflective work on yourself because you are either punishing yourself ahead of time or, I mean, if you're doing it after you went out with the girls, you're punishing yourself for living your life or you're trying to earn your food and these are very disordered eating habits and that's something you shouldn't do if you want to if you go out with the girls one night and the next day you think maybe i just need to go a little bit lighter on my food today note i did not say starve myself i did not say skip five meals i said if you want to go a little lighter so maybe you shave off one or 200 calories, it might balance itself out. But going in and punishing yourself by starving yourself or way cutting your food down or killing the cardio, you're doing more damage to yourself and your mental health than you are doing anything positive. And that is a very disordered habit to have when it comes to food. And so if that's the kind of person that you are, I, I would strongly urge you to buy a journal and start figuring out why you feel like you need to punish yourself or you need to earn your food because food is just fuel. That's all it is. And you can lose weight and still have girls night and you can lose weight and still have your kid's birthday party. It's not going to ruin everything. If you are doing everything right, every other meal, all seven days of the week, and you just have that one night with the girls... It is not going to throw you off track that far. Right. Exactly. We we need to live our lives. And that's why doing these steps and helping to increase your metabolism, it's going to help you be able to live your life without the fear of putting on five pounds. And that can be a really intimidating fear when you're always worried about what you're putting in your body. Um, The very last one before we wrapped it up, um, I never want to not talk about sleep and how key sleep is to all aspects of health, whether you're trying to improve your metabolism, whether you're trying to fight off hunger cravings, whether you're just trying to get in a healthier mental space, sleep is going to be at the top of the list. I mean, it really is. It Sleep to me is going to come before nutrition. It's going to come before resistance training because you can't give all to those things unless your body is fully recovered. And by getting the right amount of sleep, you're going to help reduce stress. You're going to help balance out the hunger hormones. I mean, your sex hormones. I mean, you name it, cortisol. So really prioritizing and making sure you have a set bedtime and a set wake time and that you are getting those seven to nine hours. Because I I don't care if you're that person that you think like, oh, I'm getting by just fine. Like, I feel great on five hours. Do you? Do you really like how long has it been since you've gotten like a week straight of a good eight hours of sleep? And I would really like you to 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 be able to step back and try to compare those two, because I think there's like one percent of the entire population of the world that can honestly get by on like four to five hours of sleep a night and and function very well. And it doesn't mess with their hormones or anything. And I have yet to meet one of those people in my entire life. Yeah. I don't have anything else. Okay. So, guys, um, definitely give these things a try. And if anything is ever challenging, you know we're here. Just reach out to us and we'll be happy to help and maybe dive into more detail on anything you need. Yeah. 
if you want a more in-depth um, talk about ways to like metabolism 101, we did do uh, a first episode on episode 27 and we're going to link that in the show notes. So you can go back if you want to learn more. Yeah. Okay, guys. Take care. All right. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Rising. For more information on how to take charge of your fitness goals, follow me on IG or Facebook, or you can head over to KayleeMontoyaFitness.com to apply for a free coaching call today. If you have any questions you would like answered on the show, shoot me an email to KayleeMontoyaFitness at gmail.com. Don't forget to catch us on the next episode.